live from the studio. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Merrick Glazer. I'm Jimmy Seleski. And uh, today on the pod, it's it's an early pod today. Uh, we got Alex Hooper. Hello. Cast. Baltimore. Baltimore native. Yes, I am. Yeah, why don't you move out to LA? Uh, I went I went out there in the end of 2008. I was in Baltimore, uh, and I graduated in 2003. I went to Pittsburgh in 2004 to go to school, and then I went to college in or I went to LA at the end of 08. What part of Baltimore were you from? Uh, I grew up right here, actually. Like uh, I grew up in Lutherville, Timonium. Did you go to Towson High? No, I went to Carver. Oh, art, be, art, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not going to a regular school. I'm going to act. You went to old Carver, though. Do you see the new Carver Oh, school? I've seen the it's new Carver. Dude, it's insane. I haven't been inside there because uh, I guess they frown upon a random person just walking <laughs> yeah. into a high school these days. I felt the same Go way. Figure. I would train on the track and I was like, is this okay? Because I'd be like doing it right as school was ending. So like all the kids would be walking by the bus and like, who the fuck is this dude on the track? Yeah, right. <laughs> I live right across the street. I'm like, you know what? I'll just go somewhere else. See, it was worse for me because I just tried to join the field hockey practice and they were like, you can't be here. Dude, I was the field hockey manager. Hey. <laughs> but I was of age at the time, so it was good. Yeah, did no you do anything weird Did you do it. comedy here before you went to L.A.? No, I, uh, I started like five months after I moved to L.A. I moved to L.A. to be an actor and then I got kind of bored rather quickly and a friend of mine pushed me into stand-up and I was like, oh, this is what I was supposed to do. What so. kind of acting were you, like theater acting or like movie acting? No, I wanted. I was already in the Screen Actors, I joined Screen Actors Guild in college. I did a couple movies uh, when I was in Pittsburgh. Like, there was a big film boom around the time I was there in like the mid-2000s. And so I started getting cast in a couple like small roles in movies. Uh, and then, so I was already in the Screen Actors Guild. So I was like, I have to go to Los Angeles if I actually want to do this. And then I started doing okay out there, but I was also like, I'm not, I was very bored and then I've, I'd always wanted to do stand-up and never knew how. And a friend of mine was like, I'll show you how to do it. And that was it. Off to the races. Were those like initial acting roles, like comedic roles too? Or was that kind of your Yeah, I mean like very, very small like comedic roles. Like I did this MTV show that I shot for like two weeks that like never went anywhere. But that was like one of my, like that was my first like big role. But then it never even aired because it was, what was just it called? awful. You're not going to know because it never aired. It's called I Remember Chloe. And it was no bueno. What was it about? Uh, it was about it, the most likable girl on the planet who is doing really well in life. And she gets a job promotion at work. And she has the best friends. But she's secretly a heroin addict. And oh, no, she's dead. <laughs> and then it's over. It was, uh, it was supposed to be the first, like actually made for digital content like to be watched on cell phones and things like that because this is like in 2006 but this is still like at the height of reality tv shows too but this wasn't a reality this was not reality this was actually scripted like four three to four minute episodes like 28 of them or something like that so you're supposed to watch it on your phone right as that boom is like it was before that boom took off and what what i say about it is it was so bad they couldn't even put it on the internet (laughs) <laughs> it was just and it's just it's just it's just a vision went wrong you know there the heart was in it the acting wasn't bad or anything like that it's just somewhere along the way um i don't know i don't really know what happened Who but did you play in this I played her, like, one of her best friends, and my character's name was Kelly McLuhan. Uh, I did not speak like that, though, but I feel I have to when I say that name. Um, 
but it was great for me because I'd never done a, a lot of on-screen acting stuff before, like camera work, other than just like film, like film, um, doing scene work for my friends' movies and stuff like that. So all yeah, of a sudden, once you're on like a real set, you learn all the lingo you and you pick so up on so much. And it was and, two yeah. weeks, and I was like a lead, so I like learned so much about like how to actually like you know work with a camera and things like that. And then it was just like I was a big fish in a small pond, and I was like this kind of like fun, like I, at the time I was like overweight, like kind of like big hair frat guy kind of dude like so in Pittsburgh there wasn't really another one of me so like when more <laughs> movies came I was lucky to get like little parts here and there um and that so it just it just made sense for me at the time I always wanted to live in California like I grew up watching Baywatch and I was like that's what I want yep I just want to <laughs> I just want to run into the ocean in slow motion for the rest of my life and as, as soon as I got to California, I was like, oh, yeah, this is where I this is where I want to be. But you're still kind of doing both at the, this point. Like you haven't gone completely in a stand up. No, I mean, like, I mean, acting and stand up kind of go hand. You're either going to you're either going to be like a stand up and a writer or stand up and an actor for the most part. There's very, very, very few. I only do stand ups and I make it completely from that. Like, that's a very rare breed. Most yeah. people have to either go one to the acting side or the writing. side. But you still get something like kind of adjacent to comedy. Yeah, you yeah like, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, the TV. TV stuff only helps. Like, I mean, obviously, like I love doing the TV stuff. It's uh, it's super fun, and people recognize you from it. So then they go to your comedy shows because they know you from this thing, and that's you know that's kind of just all part of just building the career. What thing were you in? Re like, you were on the New Girl, right? I was on New Girl. That was a couple of years ago. My that's the one with Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That was pretty great. I was on. Uh, I was only supposed to do one day, and then at the end of the day, they did that magical thing where somebody goes, "What are you doing tomorrow?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What do you want me to be doing tomorrow?" And they're like, "Can you come here?" I'm like, "Of course, obviously, yeah." Just, <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm just gonna turn down all like all that money in another day on set for more stuff. What did you um, do on that? I played this. My character's actual name is random guy pretty good <laughs> i auditioned for smelly guy but they gave smelly guy to someone else and i got random Damn. guy but basically the i'm on this episode of valentine's day episode where all the characters go on a bar crawl and i find them along the way and join their bar crawl and so it was pretty fun i got to say gooch and taint uh on <laughs> on national television oh, yeah. i was pretty excited about that did you get and to talk to zoe i did uh, she was, you know, her and I bonded. We're both pug uh, people. We're both pug people. Okay. So she has a pug, and I had uh, at the time I only had one. Yeah, I, I have two now, but at the time I only had one. Um, but yeah, so we bonded over. I was instantly like, I found that out, and I was like, good, I have something to talk about, so I don't just sit there and go, oh, look at you, <laughs> you're so pretty. <laughs> like so, it was instantly like we spent like an hour probably just going back and forth, showing pictures of our dogs, and and just going, oh. Did you uh, show her your little calendar? I didn't have the calendar yet. The no. calendar was nowhere, was not even a conception yet. It was okay. it was nowhere near it. The calendar only came this year. Like, that idea was basically conceived in April mm -hmm. of this year. And then for... What is this calendar? The... I made a pug yoga calendar. Yeah, I saw um, something about pug yoga. Like when I was looking around, I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's just a stupid idea that has gone further than I ever thought it would. Like, I one day I put my dog on. I was laying on my back in my apartment, and I put my dog on my feet and just lifted him in the air, and I was just balancing her on my feet. And I was like, "Oh, take a picture of this." To my girlfriend, she took a picture. I put it online, and people started freaking out. They were like, "This is hilarious! <laughs> this is so funny!" And so I made a 
a whole nother series. I went to a park and just did all these other yoga poses with her, <laughs> started posting those. And people were like, you need to like make like a book or like a calendar or just do something with these. And so I, ta- I told the idea to a photographer friend of mine. Uh, and he was like, yeah, why aren't we doing that yeah. already? <laughs> like we need to be doing that. And I'm not surprised it, it took off, dude. Honestly, pugs have a huge market. People they, love pugs. People love, they're the most popular dog of on as far as what people consume of like dog wise. Like if you look on people's like t shirts and stuff like that, you'll always see like weird it's like the pug most photos. recognizable one. They're yeah, so strange. Sure. I hate to say it, but they are know. strange looking. To of me. course they are. They're very polarizing. Like most people, like for me, obviously, I'm like, they're the cutest things on the planet. And there's other people like, that's the ugliest motherfucking alien dog you could ever <laughs> I buy. didn't want to go out and say it, but that's kind of the side I'm That's on. okay. You can. Not, I don't. I don't fault anyone for being there because I understand it. Until I actually like got one. Like I always thought they were kind of cute, but until I got one, like I didn't understand how much I would fall in love with them. But it's. I, I know so many people that are like, "That's not a real dog, Alec. You don't have a dog. Like you have a fur sack of, <laughs> of wrinkles." And I'm like, "Fair enough. Um, you know." But she was on Ellen, and you weren't, so... <laughs> Your dog was on Ellen? Well, the calendar was. <laughs> so Holy shit, dude. It, it made it much... That's what I'm saying. It made it way further than I ever thought it would. Like, <laughs> I made God. it like as, as just, like, a joke product, just to be like, yeah, let me make a calendar. Why not? And then <laughs> uh, put a ton of work into it, and, yeah, it ended up on Ellen this year, so... Yeah. Did you get, get to meet Ellen? Sales, no, because I didn't get to go to Ellen. They just, <laughs> they just got calendars and... They just invited and the calendar. Just, yeah, just the calendar was invited. <laughs> they, they, she sat and interviewed on the couch. It was pretty quiet for the most part. She mostly asked the questions. But even still, it was pretty exciting to see my, you know, shirtless form like blasted behind her on a screen yeah. while she's holding my calendar. Cut, like crowd shots of just women looking at you like, huh? Yeah, right? Yeah. You can hear the response like all these people, oh! Which is, you know, it's nice that I, I could I could feel their hearts melting a little so bit. So are you like making a, 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 like a decent amount of income off of that? Um, I mean, decent. I mean, we made a, we made a little bit of money. It's nothing. Okay. nothing I didn't know. Nothing we were, we're living going into of. the calendar industry. I was no, like, is that no, lucrative? No. I made I made a one off calendar just for fun. You and can just only do one a year. Yeah, and, and I'm just, not going to do another one next year. Like I'm out of the calendar game. Um, it was a lot of work, and it was just a silly idea. And I don't want to have to continue to try to push calendars on people. <laughs> like it was so much more effort than I ever thought it would be because we made a really good calendar. I didn't just like like go into Vista Print and be like there. There's a photo, bam, month, you know, like we designed this whole thing and it's really, it's high quality, but I'm, I'm done with calendars. <laughs> I have like, I don't even I care have like very few is. left and I'm just trying to like hawk the rest of them at my shows uh, and like for the next like week and then I'm like no more calendar stuff. I'm over it. But you know, it's nice that uh, it got the recognition that it did. It made the idea just seem way more legitimate. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm proud of it. Hell yeah. You know, do stupid shit, follow through with it, and see what happens. Yeah, put good work into good ideas. Yeah. Get on Ellen. I think the biggest <laughs> thing is, like, I think for most of us, and me, myself, and myself included in this, is that we think of ideas, and then we go, wouldn't that be great if we did that? You go, yeah, that would be great. And then you just throw it away, and you yeah. never do anything, because you think about, like, oh, but I don't want to actually, like do the stuff that entails me actually completeing a task here. (laughs) So this one convinced myself it wouldn't have worked anyway. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But enough people were asking for this and then enough people pushed me. They're like, no, we, we have to do it. Why are like, let's do it. That eventually I was like, okay, fine. This is the one I'm going to follow through with then. And I'm really glad I did. Awesome. Who is the photographer? His name's Troy Conrad. He's a, he's a, he, 
a comedian in LA, but mainly a photographer now. He uh, he produces a show called Set List, which it used to be a TV show in the UK, but it's basically this improvised stand-up game yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like gone all over the world to all these festivals. So he created that awesome. and tra- toured the world with it for years. Um, then really started picking up photography, got really good, became like the Comedy Store's main photographer and uh, shoots for Comedy Central all the time. And I had, we, him and I, I was producing comedy at a music festival called Desert Hearts, um, just like a hippie burner festival. Uh, and I brought him with me, and that's where I told him the idea. And he was like, yep, yeah, that's we're going to do that. Like, So okay. it Shout all out worked Troy. out. Shout out the boy Troy. Yeah, Troy Conrad. Woo! <laughs> at Troy Conrads. Follow him on Instagram. Is that with a K or a C? It's with a C. It's yeah. good to know. Conrads. <laughs> What's the what's like the crave thing you do? That's another thing. Crave is that's my real baby. That is um that is it's an all it's a it's an event that I produce that starts with a themed comedy show. Um so we do like a 90 minute comedy show that has some sort of theme and through line behind it. It doesn't have like a normal like host bringing up comics. I pl- always play some sort of character and there's a story involved with it. So between every comic there's more story that gets released in it until eventually like there's kind of like a big through line through it at the end and it all wraps up. Um the comics don't have to do anything weird. They just do their regular sets, but then we have, so we have this really fun like story playing out throughout the comedy show, and then it turns into an all night dance party. It used, we used to have like fire spinners and like live artists and all this other crazy, sometimes aerial acrobatics and wow. stuff like that. But we just uh, locked down a new space because it's finally going to be like fully legal for the first time. It was always a little sketchy <laughs> um, what we were doing, but now we're fully legal, but we're going to be, it's also fully indoors, like in a club, so we can't do like the fire and stuff anymore, oh. which I'm okay with, like honestly, because having a place that has is fully permitted and legal takes a lot of stress off of me. As fun as it was to be underground for the last few years, uh, it's going to feel really good to know that I'm just going to go into a place that's already clean and ready to go and has all their lights and you know DJ decks and everything else set up for me just to walk in there and just do the show. So that's really nice. But that is like, it's a whole team of us. Like I'm kind of the ringleader of it, but then I have like uh, my uh, producer, Mike Grimm is like, does all my tech because I don't know how to even plug in a wire. Like I can't do anything like that. My girlfriend does all the emails, marketing and keeps up the website and all that. So, but this is at one single location. It's not like a touring thing. We've done multiple locations, but like we've had a few locations over the years. We've had like four or five locations, and we've done a few. All festivals. in LA, though. Yeah, all in LA, and then a couple uh, music festivals out in the desert that uh, they just brought us in to like curate comedy events for them. But it's just, it's you know, it's just a really rad party. It's just like it's just kind of a one stop shop of all of my favorite things, and that's kind of why I put it together because I was like, well. I like going out dancing all night and I like comedy. So why don't I put these together? And people were like, that's not really going to work. And I was like, we'll see. And (laughs) you know, it's, it worked pretty every every one we do we find more and more people that are like this is the best. Is that why it's called Crave? Because the C for comedy. Comedy right? rave, you hey. got it. I was thinking that last. I was like, I wonder if that's the reason. Yeah, and so our fans are called Cravers, and it's hey. just like it all works out. And we really we really we really have fun with what we do. Like we'll uh, we our our stories get kind of get really crazy, and uh, our themes that we have a lot of fun. We do a lot of weird costume stuff. We theme even like the emails sometimes to go along with the story, so people really don't know what we're getting into. <laughs> 
like one time the only email people got was that there was a uh, recall on the time machine they bought and there's like if you want to get a refund on your time machine you got to come to this location at this time and when they showed up we had this whole time traveling we actually had a time machine like built and everything and we had this whole time traveling theme that went along with it so when you got there it suddenly made so much sense what we were doing but we like being a little cryptic and a little secretive so you don't exactly know what you're getting yourself into and so we get a lot of people that are more on the curious side of like the more more adventurous what what is going on i gotta check this out yeah we used to not tell people where it was until the day before like so he's always like secret location who's the primary audience of this like other people that are into comedy or people that are into raves it's i honestly i search for both but i mainly search for people that are really into dance like going out dancing because the thing is most comedians like will go out and dance and stuff like that but most comedians already know who i am and know that i run a show and can go see me do comedy anywhere whereas comedy audiences but dance music audiences still really like comedy if you ask most people you know they they can tell you who their favorite comedians are they watch specials they go to shows sometimes so i'm looking more for that side of people to be like well let me show you a comedy show that i've made just for you guys and you're bringing yourself a market because you're you know tapping into the the rave crowd and getting them more interested in comedy yeah which is like you're not trying to spread raving to your comedy friends like you don't give a shit no i mean i've, I've definitely introduced it to a few of them uh but i just i love the festival vibe and just i like i like going out and doing drugs and putting on costumes and going just going crazy and just like being completely uninhibited so it's like it's like a legit comedy show and then when the comedy show ends it just becomes an all-out yeah, I mean, there's, it's not like there's, intermingled. No, I mean, no, no, no. We don't do like comedy while we're doing that, yeah. like while we're doing the dance party uh, thing. But we basically just we always have a kind of transitional DJ that will like come out of the comedy show. So we play really, you know, we don't just blast you in the face with super hard electronic as soon as it's over. Like we have very like nice, good, like kind of get you in the mood music for the first like 45 minutes to yeah. an hour. And then we'll start like amping it up as it gets later and later at night. Smart way to do it. Yeah. But it's uh. Yeah, it's super fun, and it's just very. It's my. It's where I get to put all my creativity, like so much of my creativity, of like, all right, let's go inside my brain for a moment and see what kind of weird shit we can come up with. Was the first one themed like that, or did you just say like, you know what, I'm just gonna do it? No, the first the themes came somewhere around number four. They started doing more. We started getting better with the themes, and then by the time we were at like five and six, we were like, okay, now we know what we want to do because it wasn't. It felt weird to just do a straight stand-up comedy show and then have this party afterwards. And we were doing it at this uh, at this Burning Man warehouse and these the guys that were running it were all burners and they were like, "Look, Burning Man people don't want a show and then a party. We want an immersive event." Like, so you find what if you found a way to really turn this whole thing into one giant event instead of just having like, oh yeah, we're gonna do a little comedy show and then we'll just dance for a while. Like, and so that's what really inspired me to start like going the extra mile and getting more creative and actually just trying to put more ideas into it, more innovative ideas. And there have been a couple that have been like, well, that was not our best show. Uh, I mean, the shows are always good, but sometimes our themes or my scripts go a little too off the wall. Um, and, but you know, that's all part of the experimentation of it. And even if, even if my like script or my story isn't the best thing ever, the comedians will always save it. Cause we yeah. don't, we get, we get the best people to do it. I mean, we've had Hannibal Burris and Kumail Nanjiani and Ali Wong and Nikki wow. Glazer. I mean, we've had Dimitri Martin, I have, like Gerard Carmichael. I mean, we've had 
A-list people on every single show, and then a ton of up-and-coming comics that I just know are killers, that are my friends, that you know maybe don't have all the TV credits those guys have, but are still fully capable of destroying a room. Did you meet those guys through booking them at, at Crave, or did you just know them no, from the circuit? No, I, I just know them from doing, from doing shows, because I'm often, I, I'm very fortunate that I've gotten to be on shows with, like, all those people throughout the years, and so I just get to know them, and then, you know, they realize that even though my show seems a little crazy, that I, it's, it is a good event, like, people talk about it, and people know that we're gonna have a packed house, it's gonna be a really good show. You know, it's always kind of scary telling some people, because it used to be like, so, we're gonna go to this weird part of the city you're gonna enter through a back alley um there will be a security guard but uh you know it's always like telling like it's like you know telling like uh some of the comics like those the, the description they're kind of like what have you gotten me into right now like, what did i sign up for is this worth the minuscule amount of money you're paying me to be here like but it always it always works as soon as they get in there and they would like see the spaces we were in because we were in these crazy awesome like after hours warehouse party spaces that just had so many like nooks and crannies and weird rooms and fun stuff to do that as soon as they got in there they'd be like oh okay i get why we're doing this is is LA the place cuz I'm noticing a lot of those same people is LA the place where they have roast battle right or is yeah. that New York Well it's 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 it moved to New York eventually it, it, it's in both now Where's the but belly it started room? in LA LA that's okay. the comedy store yeah. Cuz that's the one you were on right Mhm The roast battle started in the belly room of the comedy store uh I guess about 4 Years ago now, with because um, um, we had Rel Battle on in the past too. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rel was a part of it for a while, and then uh, they had a falling out, and now he still is a producer on the show, but he's not actually involved with the actual show anymore. Yeah, he told um, me he wanted it to be called the Rel Battle Battle. Uh, yep, there was uh, <laughs> and Comedy Central disagreed in that I can't falling get, out. I can't get into too much of this because there is some legal things behind it that I shouldn't that that I that maybe I'm privy to know and maybe I shouldn't know or but either way, whatever happened between them, they had a slight falling out. Uh, and he's still part of the show for producer wise, but he doesn't actually have anything to do with the TV show as far as I've come to understand. But either way, I have no hard feelings at all toward Rel. Rel and I are friends. I, I love that dude. Yeah, I like uh, him too. Like yeah, he's, he's great. Awesome. Brian, Brian Moses is a great friend of mine, so I have nothing but the best thing to say, and whatever happened between them happened between them. And, yeah. You know, things I didn't happen. Know it was a, I did, actually did not know it was actual falling out. I just thought it was just like kind of like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, but things 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 happened, but you know, you know, it's just like probably I, Comedy Central has a has a knack for doing that because he probably. Uh, do you think it was kind of the same thing that that happened with Dave Chappelle? Um, no, the Dave Chappelle thing was different because Dave Chappelle straight up walked away from his show, whereas I think with Roast Battle there was just, uh, you know, just inter-family fighting that and and decisions couldn't be reached and somebody somebody wanted this and other people wanted to be this way and you know eventually you just keep disagreeing and you realize that maybe we're not going to work together very well on this but you know the show has been it still consistently goes up every tuesday in the belly room at the comedy store and i think they're getting another season on comedy central they just did a season in the uk um so i mean things are going 
really well for him and the show, and it's my favorite. I I love that show. How often so do you goddamn do much? I don't battle that much anymore. I haven't battled since July. Uh, I judge. You've done the TV show a couple I, times. Yeah, too, right? I was on. I was on like four episodes of the TV show, which was great. Uh, so so much fun. I mean, I just had such a blast doing it. Um, just because I really they let me do it my own way, which was really fun. Like I did it in all these weird characters and stuff that uh, most people hadn't really seen the show done like that before, and so I kind of just took it and made it my own. Spin because I was like, well, I have all these fun costumes. Why don't I yeah. just wear this on TV? You kind of like brought more of the live show to the actual tape show. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just like for me, it was what's going to make me stand out, and when am I going to have an opportunity to wear whatever I want and say whatever I want on TV? Yeah. It would the most one of the craziest things is Comedy Central didn't ask to see our jokes beforehand and if you do a late night set you have to you have to script verbatim every single thing that you're gonna say in that set and they didn't ask for what we were gonna do which was insane to me like i couldn't when i I couldn't believe i was like you don't need to look at these like do you have any idea what i'm about to say and they're like we don't care (laughs) <laughs> I was under the impression that a lot of that was off the cuff, but I guess not. Mm, no, because really. no, a lot of times they'll like fry each other for not having jokes written or something like that. But we, I guess we usually have those ready. Yeah, we uh, we have we have we have uh, retorts. Like rebuttals. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The rebuttals are a big part of it. It's like as soon as somebody flubs a joke, or you know they're gonna like I know they're gonna make fun of me for let's say being weird looking or having pugs. Like I'll have jokes at the ready to spin right back onto them, and so that's just part of just being prepared and. Like well, how long the is the battle itself? Or is it just... A couple of minutes. Like, so how many jokes do you have to have like, in your sleep? On the TV sleep? show, we do four. But in the actual... like in, in a, If you're doing a main event in the belly room, you need usually about ten. Because you do three rounds if you're doing like a main event, which is what I mainly did. Uh, and then, But on the TV show, you just do four jokes. So it's quick. It's just, it's just a back and forth for about two minutes. Oh, so they just kind of cut it together, or you're saying they actually film just four jokes? I feel like that. No, they film four jokes. Yeah, four four jokes for each person, and then that's what you that's what you get, and that's enough for the to really. Usually, that's enough to really feel like okay, this guy was uh, had the slight edge over this one. Sometimes it's a total blowout. Sometimes it's extremely close, and you know the actual Comedy Central battles like. I I won three of them, and then I had a very close decision when I lost the fourth one. Like, it was very split, but in the end, they gave it to the other guy, which is fine. I did what I wanted to do. I did it the way I wanted to do it. I and wore a sequined fly. unitard and a glow-in-the-dark <laughs> tail, yeah. and, yeah, you know, I just got to be my weirdo self in the way I wanted to do it. Have Are you ever you been a judge on it? Yes, only, but not on the TV show. I'm not. They only use celebrities for that. I, I've been the judge in the belly room uh, like four or five times, and oh. it's. I love. I love being, doing the judging aspect because I get to put a little bit of my knowledge that I know from just doing the show so many times into it. Plus, I get to just do it like a really like sick burn really quick, and then just be like. <laughs> But here's why you were actually, really good, <laughs> you know, instead of just right, being jokes. mean, because I don't. Yeah, it's 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 fun to do it on the fly. It's really fun to just look at look at two people and go, okay, how can I relate these two people together? Instead of sitting there having to craft these puzzles. Of I feel like jokes. I'd much rather be a judge myself. Yeah, I, it, it, I mean, I the battling like... is intense. It's really intense. You have to really. You feel like, like I'd be dig stressed. deep though for judging. You can just 
do like a quick observation. And it's funny, yeah, you know? exactly. Whereas this, where whereas yeah, you got to learn some stuff. I never wanted to. I never wanted to be cruel in my jokes. My thing was always uh, clever will beat mean. So always go for the silly joke over just the mean joke because the audience, you know, you think they want to hear about some girl's abortion, but a lot of times they don't, and they're like, whoa, like yeah. why would you? Even the comics bring that are gonna up? laugh, but the audience is gonna be like so yeah. turned off. Yeah, <laughs> and so I would always just do a really. I would always try to be really silly with everything I did because I mean that's what I want to I don't want to be mean anyway it's a weird it's a weird thing that I got so involved with that show because I never wanted to do it when I saw it I was like this is fun but I was like I don't want to be say these things about anybody and then a friend asked me to do it and I did and I just fell in love with it so quickly and thus just the idea of writing those jokes like it's it's really good exercise just to be able to yeah learn how to like it they are puzzles you know you have this piece of information and this piece of information you go like how can I link these together in a way that no one ever has so I really came to enjoy the process of just doing it and then the battling was so intense I mean you're up there and somebody like there's a hundred people just laughing their ass off at you because they're like oh yeah you do look like this ah. and then I'm just like yeah yeah I get it I know I look like I'm constantly waving off rescue helicopters I get it you know? <laughs> but then you know like inside while everybody's laughing at you like but wait till you see what I'm about to fucking eviscerate this person yeah, with yeah. you know you are right about the clever beats mean thing because somebody cuts deep into you and then you get them and then you get them back with like a clever retort it's like you almost have, like, have the crowd double on your side yeah for yeah. sure because you're like oh he didn't even have to be that mean that's just super yeah. funny because I think I think the people people understand that it's easier to be mean than clever i think you could yes. i think you can just you can cut deep into somebody and just like the fact that you mention or said something will like make people like it almost has the illusion of being funny just because it's like, oh my god, that's so true, or something like that. Yeah, but my my favorite jokes were always just like very, you know, very short and very just like come completely out of nowhere, so you'll never see it coming, but then you immediately understand it as soon as I say it. You know, those are those were always my, my favorite ones. I just think it's funny, like it. I don't know. I've only done like local whatever at bar roast or whatever, but it's just fun to like pass off digging yourself out of a hole for the audience like yeah. back to back it's just so like i don't know it's a it's a different rush than just doing regular stand-up for sure yeah it, it it really is i mean it's just there's something i've never i tell people all the time like if you've you've never felt a joke reaction like when you drop a serious just one-liner roast joke in, in the belly room with that place. I mean, people start smacking the walls and banging the floors. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like, you know, people laugh at my regular stand-up and they laugh and, you know, they, they clap and whatever, but nobody is screaming out, holy fuck, and banging on the walls. Like, it's The wave whole... isn't coming up and doing a... Yeah, the wave's the best. Reenactment of it. People that don't understand the wave have never seen it live as soon as you see it live you're like oh i get this 100 percent. it's they're the those wave. guys are amazing yeah i think that's the thing that the the new york roast messes yeah i, I did the that. roast they, they sent me like, to they sent me to new york to do a roast like a, a championship thing and uh it was super fun but yeah there's nothing like that in, in i'm unfamiliar i don't think i've ever seen it 
I don't know exactly. The Wave are these three uh, guys. They're basically, they call them a guerrilla sketch crew. And they, every once in a while, whether a joke could, does really well or if a joke bombs, they'll come out and do like a four second, like hilarious act out and then just run back off screen. Oh, yeah. And I they have go, seen that. I have seen They that. go yeah, yeah. really big sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, I mean, you know, one of them, Jeremiah, has like shaved his pubes like on, scre- <laughs> uh, on stage and stuff like that, like into a dustpan. And they like flicked it up in the air. And like, oh you know, they've, they've done, I mean, they've, they've used fire. They use all kinds of crazy costumes. They've, they, they sucked on a porn star's tits one time. Nice. Like, I mean, they've done all kinds of just bizarre things. They just go to the dollar store and fill themselves up with props and just oh get ready God. to go. It's very funny. Super fast paced. That's the other thing about the show. The show's so ADD that it's like perfect for audiences today because every second someone else is making another joke or doing something else hilarious and yeah. just well, so they rapid also have fire. like the DJ too. The yeah, DJ Coach just T like- is a marvel at what he does. And for those that don't know, like the DJ does like sound effects and does all this intro music and stuff. But the, the second you'll like, I'll just tell a joke that mentions Jurassic Park, and within three seconds, the Jurassic Park theme is playing. <laughs> yeah. Like, where's how did you? How do your fingers move that quickly? Like, how did your brain load it up already? It's it's like he knows sometimes what's coming, but he doesn't. So it's. I was going to say, if you guys write the jokes, they might know. No, we don't tell anybody our jokes. Oh, true. Yeah, they don't know. So he just he's just he's just that good um, at listening, and has conditioned himself to hear. Oh. Okay, three's company. Boop, you know, and just go. Or like, you know, uh, oh, uh, they made a joke about somebody dying in a video game. Okay, one up sound effect. Bam. Like, and he just has all the, he has a bunch of cues at the ready, but then he's also just got the fastest fingers of anyone I've ever met and just can wow. search anything on a dime. What's this dude's name? Coach T. Coach T. Yeah, T E A is what they call him. Damn, dude, I was about to reach for your subway coat because I was like, I uh, you really can give me that though. I'm a little yeah, thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I finished my fucking coffee, and now I'm just like, ooh, the you know, cruise on a beer, dude. That's true. That's true. Yep, those are down there. Those are down there. I'm only doing this because I need something to drink. That's <laughs> you don't have to explain why you're drinking at 1:30 p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a very normal time to drink. So how did you get into like rave culture and electronic music and stuff? Um, I I started going. Uh, I met this group of people like at the easy way. The easy story is October fifteenth, uh, two thousand. 10, I went to an LCD Sound System concert at the Hollywood Bowl, who LCD Sound System is one of my favorite bands. And the people, we, my friends and I were all on mushrooms, and the people next to us were all on ecstasy. And they were all wearing, do you guys know what spirit hoods are? No. You know, they're like they're like these animal like hats that have these paws in them that you can put your hands in. Oh, and they're yeah, like made yeah. of fur. And, like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Grenades. I know what those so are, those yeah. are called spirit hoods. At the time, none of us, 2010, none of us had ever seen them before. And we're yeah. like, whoa, who is this? group of people that are wearing all these crazy animal hoods and blah blah and we just started talking and realized that oh wow we like a lot of the same we like a lot of the same stuff my best friend started dating one of them so our group kind of started to merge and like six months later they were like you guys got to come to Coachella with us like we rent a house every year and we do that so we went to our first like major festival and then they started just taking us to these after hour spots and being like oh well let me show you there's some other things here that we can be doing and so like some friends started showing us like oh you can just go dancing in these places till seven in the morning if you want to and i realized that just 
the people that go to these events are super fun and loving, and they their their style is fantastic, and they just have this way of life that's just like, oh yeah, we just want to have fun all the time, and you know, I always kind of liked stuff like that anyway and going to concerts and this was just a new way of doing it so like I don't go to like a ton of like raves like so much I go to like a lot of like festival events like a lot of a lot of burner style festivals like they call them transformational festivals <laughs> but it's really just like 6,000 people in the woods just you know putting okay. on costumes and going crazy yeah, yeah. you know but then there's like yoga and stuff like that so like that's oh, no. why people are like yeah but um it really I just, I loved the culture of just being, of finding all these other weirdos that just wanted to just stay up and have fun all night. But you weren't really exposed to that in Baltimore at all? You didn't No, really I never, that? dude, I wasn't, like, I'm not, I, I mean, I left here when I was 19, and I hadn't done any of that stuff yet. Um, like, I just went to a lot of concerts and things here, and, like, I used to go to HF Festival every year, but, like, other than that, like, I didn't really do any of that in Baltimore, or even in Pittsburgh. Like, I never, I, if you, if you had told me when I was 19, like, just wait, you're gonna love going out dancing all the time. <laughs> I would have been like, uh, who are you talking to right now? Yo, um, you were in Pittsburgh, I think, at the time, like, Wiz was coming up, right? Is that around then? Yeah, he, yeah, he started yeah. to get really popular when I was there because I was there from like 2004 to 2008. So, yeah, yeah. yeah he got really popular when I was there. So, um, you know, some good people come out of Pittsburgh. So, you got a theater degree at Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think I have a degree. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I got I know, that, I M- that MTV show I talked about. I actually got expelled from the theater department for doing it because you weren't supposed to do any outside work if you were in a school production. And I was like, I dropped out of a school play that I had six lines in to do this obviously better thing <laughs> and then the uh you know i had teachers fighting for me but the, the dean of the department uh expelled me for a year so um that's ass they won't let you do what it was fine because that's like that's when i started NCAA doing movies because i was like I, all my friends were like i'm in the school play i was like i'm in this movie called Adventureland. have <laughs> fun with your school play so it was actually the best thing that could have happened it was just it was just me listening to my gut going like what am I doing? Do I want to be have six lines in this stupid restoration comedy, or do I want to be in a fucking MTV show where I can actually learn how to do what I want to do? Yeah. You know, so it's just it's just a lot of me just being. I'm very stubborn. I mean, I've gotten better at it over the years, but especially back then, I was a very stubborn person. I was like, "Fuck you! You don't want me to do this. I'm gonna fucking do it anyway." But you didn't leave it for I love Chloe. You left for no. I did leave for I remember <laughs> Chloe. Yeah. It was, yeah, man. It was like it was, you know, it was a couple. It was a couple thousand dollars. It was two weeks with an MTV show. I didn't know it was going to be terrible and never get aired anywhere. <laughs> you don't know that stuff when you get that kind of job. All I knew was that I was about to film for two weeks on a TV show. Yeah, it is Blackberry wild. exclusive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wild that they wouldn't let you do that. It's just weird how colleges do that shit. Like they have to like secure their own. Like what other reason would they have for doing that? That's the thing. Is like I had teachers going. Isn't this what we want for our yeah. students? If this goes, aren't we going to want to celebrate yeah, that you he's get, there? Like, the school newspaper for that shit, not yeah, get expelled. Exactly. <laughs> and so they were kind of just like, you know, but the dean was like, nope, there is an unwritten contract. And I was like, oh, it's an unwritten contract. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm very familiar. My parents are, uh, my mom and sister are lawyers, so I'm very familiar with unwritten contracts and how binding they are. So they expelled you for an unwritten rule? Yep. What? Yep. That's 
fucked up. And How all I had left, I didn't even have that. any theater classes left to take, except they were both, they were, uh, it was like history of theater classes, not even acting classes. It was wow. literally just written classes. I had two of them left to finish my degree. The, and so, so I basically just took gen ed, the gen eds I needed for the next year, finished all those, and tried to get in more movies and stuff like yeah. that. And it was Should have taken a great. law class. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Take it straight back to the dean. <laughs> but I mean, every, you know, all of those kind of decisions led me to where I was. And I mean, L- LA as a whole really just changed who I was as a person. Like finding finding this very loving group of people that like let me really start like experimenting with like, you know, who I want to be and really kind of coming into my own of realizing the person I, I do want to be. The great thing about LA is like, Everyone goes there motivated to do something that they couldn't feel they couldn't do wherever they were. And when you find these groups of people that are inspired and creative and you all get together, then all of a sudden these amazing ideas happen and that you can actually finish things because like at this point, no matter what I need a person for, like if I'm like like a pug yoga calendar, it's like, okay, I need a photographer, I need a designer, I need a printer. I'm like, oh, I know people for that. I know mm-hmm. this guy, this guy, this person, you know? So you know you meet so many people that you just, it, it just becomes this just creative gene pool where everything can kind of come together at once and you see these amazing things happen. And now I have my, I have friends, so many friends that like have their own TV shows. Two of my friends that I started, that I used to do open mics with, like their, their new Comedy Central show, Corporate, debuted last night. And I mean, it's just so crazy to watch. That like, show looks good. It's really good. It yeah, looks good. Watch episode three specifically. <laughs> you can actually kind of see. Whose show is that? Comedy Central, but their names are Jake Weissman, Matt Ingerbretson, and Pat Bishop. It's okay, the three nice. of them. But literally, I mean, six years ago, we were all doing open mics together. And now they're, I'm just looking at them on billboards for their own fucking show. You it's can kind of see like the transformative process in like even your act. Just from like the stuff that I caught on YouTube, I ran across this video. You know, I was watching mostly stuff from like, I saw one from 2014, one from like 2015. I think there was one this year as well. But I caught one that was like from like 09. I think. Oh you were, no! But like, it wasn't bad. It was good. But it was like. I don't believe you. That was like <laughs> I started in March of 09. So I don't believe you that it wasn't good. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't you hadn't bad. you hadn't heard electronic music. Yet. <laughs> nope, no, that's not that like, was your, not me. Your energy was like you could see how like now when you perform you have like this kind of like dynamic energy that you like maintain throughout the set. Yeah, but there it was like very evident that you hadn't found your voice. But like you had this one joke, something about uh, you found you were playing Battleship. And you found out you had cancer, but luckily it was B9. Yep. That was, <laughs> that's that's the first set I ever did. And I don't know how to contact that guy to take that off the internet. <laughs> and the only reason I'm okay with it being there is because, like, they, like, say, like, this is his first time, everybody. Like, most people, and I was so arrogant at the time. I'm like, yeah, put that online. <laughs> I did stand-up. I'm a comic now. <laughs> you know, like, if, if I had no way, I'd been like, anything from your first five years, don't post anything. Like, just don't do it. Just get better and then show people what what you can do yes. but uh but yeah no that is a great joke and i forget all the time that i say it and then <laughs> i wrote it and you know i worked really hard on that first set i had two weeks to prepare they my friend booked me on a show he gave me two weeks to write six minutes six minutes and i was like all right let me see what i can do in six minutes and then i, inst- I so I that was legitimately so your first set that was the very first one that was not bad. I, 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 you passed as someone who could have been a comedian. Yeah, I think. Well, I think because I'd been, I'd been performing for so long. I had never done stand up, but I knew how to perform, and I had written scripts before, so I was, so I was a decent writer. I just didn't know exactly how to write comedy yet or be a comedian. But 
it's as far as a first time goes, I you know, yeah, it it shows promise. Like you can watch that set and go mm-hmm. like Oh, that guy might be able to do something with yeah. this, you know. So you say it took you about five years to really fall into your own. Um, I started getting like I started like, doing a lot of shows my first couple years. In my third year, that was the first time I ever did the Meltdown show, which you know used to be a TV show on Comedy Central, and then that was like that was the best show in LA that you could do essentially. And I started getting to do that show, and that was when I was like, oh, okay, maybe I really can do this. Like if I'm on these shows with these incredible people, like people that are so far above me, then maybe I can make this work as a career and they started that started giving me a lot of positive influence and I was just like I think I can do this and then you know you start to get these little opportunities you get a little like you get a little TV thing here and there or you get to like you know open for somebody and then you're it just kind of starts to work because everyone told you they're like it's going to take 10 years and when you're like three years in you're like I think I could do it in five and then <laughs> but and for five the years for in, 99% like, oh, of the people yeah <laughs> you put that on YouTube you usually can't uh, so you just it's just you know it's, it's it's a grind but it's so fucking fun i love it so much like i perform every almost every night if i can wow. and the people i've met from it are incredible and then you get to you know sometimes sometimes you're sitting in an open mic for three hours in the back of a coffee shop and you're pondering whether or not to kill yourself <laughs> and other times you're on tv flashing around in a tail and sarah silverman <laughs> tells you you look sexy and then hey. you're like you know i'm gonna take those i'll remember those moments when i'm on my deathbed <laughs> not the moment i was sitting in the back of the coffee shop so you know, when it all starts to work, it's pretty exciting. Do you have like an hour thing coming out anytime soon? Do you have I, a special? Yeah, my for my first album. It's a it's audio album. I didn't do a special. I did audio album. Uh, it drops March second through uh, a special thing records, and it's called Hugs, Drugs, Pugs. You'll be able to listen to it on Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, Sirius. Uh, well, a physical copy is available too. But I'm very excited about that. We recorded it at the Meltdown. Um, uh, back in September, it sounds great. I'm very proud of it. It's just uh, an amalgamation of my first, really my first like eight years, but really the last three years essentially. Because uh, most of the things from the first five years didn't make the cut. Uh, no a couple of, that didn't make the cut. <laughs> Damn, I mean, dude, that's I, a quality. Although one. I really might, I, you know, you say that it's it's a pretty good joke. Uh, <laughs> so I might have to <laughs> put that one. Just punch that in there somewhere <laughs> in the audio recording. Yeah, right. So yeah, March second that will drop. Uh, so however you want to listen to it uh mark it in your calendar because i'm i'm really excited for people to is hear it on that. like itunes and is it on spotify it will be yeah i didn't realize you could put comedy things on spotify but also that shouldn't be surprising because i'm the it's only one in this it. room who doesn't have spotify yeah totally and that's one of the good things is like i did it i recorded it through uh, a label and they specialized in doing a lot of comedians like first albums like they did kyle canane's first album they do a lot of re-release they just re-released Pat oswald album on vinyl and stuff like that and these guys they're used to doing all this so luckily i don't have to do any of the like how do i get this on internet please like mm-hmm. please put it online because i'm really i'm so inept at doing anything like that and i was terrified to have to learn it so luckily you know you give away some of your profits obviously but it also felt really good to be picked up by a label that yeah. is legitimate and was excited to have me on there what was a little co- label called? called a special thing ast records that's um isn't that like jonah ray's company um no? no jonah ray i believe released like jonah ray did uh he had literally figurative which mm-hmm. i was supposed to do a we did we recorded like a seven inch he had this whole idea that we were going to do seven inches with a band that we were connected to mm-hmm. so i was with this band 
band called Fart Barf, uh, who is this amazing like analog grunge synthesizer uh, electronic band in LA. They wear these crazy Neanderthal suits and like monkey masks while they play. <laughs> and they're just super fun music, but just really weird guys. And we were going to do something together, but something happened along the way and it just never really came together. So it was just going to be like, a, it was me doing like eight minutes of comedy and them doing like three songs on the other side. But that didn't come out. But Jonah is a great friend. He's always been so cool to me. Um, I love that guy to death. And he's, I mean, now he's taking over the world. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, MST3K <laughs> and there's just so many good things happening. It's, 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 it's really cool because I've been doing comedy now for, it'll be nine years in March. And like, I get to see all these people I started with or all these people that were just ahead of me getting everything that kind of everyone always knew they would get. But you, it's always, nothing's a guarantee, you know? Yeah. So you just like, you know, like, yeah, you're really great. Things are going to happen for you. But sometimes every once in a while, people just quit or things don't happen. So to watch all of my friends get these opportunities of like, you know, that was like Jonah's one of Jonah's favorite shows growing up was to was Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. And now you get to be the host. Like, Holy are you, yes, yes, are you kidding? Like, that's insane. And I know like Baron Vaughn and Hampton Yunt are the other guys on there, like Crow and Servo. And like they're they're It's crazy. Like that they get to do that. It's just, yeah. it's awesome. So are you timing up your album release with your comedy anniversary, or is that just coincidence? No, that just kind of happened. Okay. Um, it was supposed to be released in February, and then, uh, yeah, it just kind of just came out that way. I wasn't really thinking about it. You can use it. Um, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'd run with it. A week before. <laughs> but once I get that out, I'm really just excited, because then people will really be able to find me. Like Before, it's always been like, oh, yeah, I got clips online, or you can come to a show. But now it's like... Got Listen to my album. Hey, that's, that's, yeah. here's an Spotify. hour of me doing stand-up. And like it's as good as it's gonna be. So do you do the University of Maryland University College joke in that one? Cause no. I because I dude, you gotta oh punch my these God. in, dude. You gotta punch these in. <laughs> You're reminding me of my own joke. I forget the University of Maryland University. It stuck with College. me because you, you did see, baby. <laughs> you started out with this joke about UTI Technical Institute. Yeah. And then but I feel like the clip that I watch on YouTube, I feel like it wasn't in Maryland that you did that joke. No. Because it didn't quite resonate with them. But like I would always think that when I would watch TV, I was like, why did they call this school this name? It's yeah. such a ridiculous name. Yeah, university. University again, just in case you forgot. Well, what is a university? It's a college. Let's just throw it all together. It's the worst sounding name. No, that's what's funny. It's like so many jokes. Like, you know, I've written hours. I've performed hours upon hours of jokes over the years. And so many of them you'll tell for like a month or two. And then you just kind of throw it away because you get bored of it or it falls by the wayside and you don't really know what to do with it. That one, though, like now you're reminding me of the ones that's like, that one could still work. And I could, sometimes though, I write these jokes early on in my, like before when I'm like two or three years in and I don't really know what to do with it yet. And then you, you remind me of it. I could probably write five to ten minutes on that yes at this dude. point yeah, <laughs> like so i just i just need to bring like i'm so glad that you reminded me of it because now i can actually go you know what i'm gonna try to do something with that again <laughs> university of maryland university college god it's perfect yeah the uti one was kind of like i like that one was fun for a while the, um but like then i saw somebody else like kind of do that joke too and i was like yeah that's not the most it's original a good premise. it's a good setup for the university of maryland joke yeah because like, like saying like that's not the worst college name the yeah. worst name yeah. exactly because like uti it's kind of like are they really called uti is yeah. that their universal technical institute Yikes. where is that 
It's all over. It's like an online school, oh I think. Oh, God. Why yeah. would you name it that? That's, like, ridiculous to me. Arrogance, you know? <laughs> that one's, like, too easy. That one's, Scam it's people. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I assume that's what UMUC is. They're like, yeah, it sounds official. It sounds like, is that University of Maryland? Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of uh, like University of, of Maryland. I don't know anybody that goes there. I really don't. I, I don't even know. I wasn't, I wasn't actually sure if it was a real school because I've never, I don't even know where it is. I thought it was like a medical school, maybe. I think that one's online, too. There's all these weird university, o- online universities. You know, like, I see commercials all the time in L.A. for Southern New Hampshire University. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, what is well, that? First of all, why do you have to put a location on it if it's online? It and makes second it sound all, real. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> then it's, oh, I'm with the Southern New Hampshire. Isn't, well, New Hampshire is like this big anyway so it's you know whether you're in southern or northern doesn't really probably matter you're just on the other side of the sidewalk if you're on southern new, new hampshire but yeah that's i'm i'm glad you watched a bunch of sets though and then they you know prepped for it no did i actually enjoyed it i sat i was like uh i probably watched like two hours worth of just random clips wow. last night i was just like it wasn't like work it was enjoyable i was like i like this guy my girlfriend's no, in the back we yeah no to. i sometimes every once in a while like i'll 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 put on an old set just to be like what was i talking about 4 years ago and i'll go like oh yeah that joke i forgot about that one you know and a lot of them just you know as you grow you just throw them away that's why one of the main reasons i was so happy to record an album is cuz there were jokes that i wasn't doing anymore that i still really loved and i was like i'm going to lose this if i don't do yeah. something with it mm-hmm. and then i realized i just i did have a really solid hour of stuff that I was like, I'm proud of this hour. There's nothing in here that I'm like, like I love, I love all this material. So let me just do it, get it on recording and just start moving on. And I think eight years, eight between eight and nine is a really good time to do a first album. Like I know people that do it at like five. I wanted to do it at five and I'm glad people talked to me out of it. I was like, I got this, you know, Mm -hmm. but like until you really start touring and headlining and doing an hour as a whole standalone thing, you probably shouldn't record yeah. an album of you doing an hour. Like I know people who like the first time they've done an hour was for an was for an album recording. And it's like that's you know, yeah. that's not the best way to do it. Yeah. Like I understand mm-hmm. why you want to, but for me I was like, let me have an hour and tour it and then I'll feel good about putting it down. So you at this point, is it kind of like a process of like, so you've pretty much unloaded all that material, or at least for the most part. And now are you in a process of like starting to write completely new shit? Yeah, I have like like since like so I recorded that in September and since then I've done I've written about at least 20 minutes that I really like. Um, you know, I've written more than that, but 20 minutes of, is where I'm at where I, that I really like right now. But I'm still, I'm pretty much only doing that material that's on my album if I'm doing a headlining set. Because yeah. I don't have a new hour, obviously, yeah, in four yeah. months, you know. But I will still bring that. Like last night I did an hour at the Auto Bar, and I did about like my 20 minutes of new stuff that I really like. And then I did 40 minutes of stuff off that album, just tied it all, you know, found a way to tie it all together. Cause I can't, I didn't, I'm not like throw it away. I don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, I do need it sometimes. Yeah. If I'm doing, if I'm doing a headlining set, I need those, those jokes. Do you just, is it, do you like actually have to regiment yourself? Like, okay, I'm going to sit down and write some jokes or does it just come to you? Things, ideas have to come to me. And then, I start writing. I will sit down and actually write like long form as if I was on stage talking. And then uh, so other times, if I don't have an idea, I do just force myself to sit down and go, well, think about stuff. Like, let's start, let's, let's go from a certain point. Uh, okay. 
open open the news. What do you see? What can inspire you? Like, I don't actually do topical or news related stuff, but like, oh, there was a building fire. Oh, well, fire. I've I've dealt with fire in my life. How can I? You know, that's something like the true that. exercise. Like to sit down, and I bet you you were saying earlier about like having to prepare for roast battle and like the exercise preparing jokes. Like yeah. that's the hard part. Like when something you come across something funny, it's much easier to like motivate yourself because it's not even motivation at that point to like develop on that yeah, idea. Yeah, you're already inspired. Like there are times when like something happens and I go whoa, and I'm like okay, and I go to my computer right yeah. then. I'm like go 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 mm-hmm. go go. You know, just and then, flows through you. But yeah, like, to actually sit down and train your. It's just like Jesus, that. Yeah, the roast the roast jokes. You literally have to sit down looking at a pile of information and go okay, so. This person is bulimic and has an iron deficiency and grew up in Maryland. What can I, how can I tie those three things together? You know, and suddenly it's, you know, that's part of the fun is just like staring at it. How often do you like come back to Maryland? Uh, I was back here in June, but only for one night. I performed at Soundstage, uh, open for my friend Craig Gass. But before that, it had been like two years like since I'd been back I try to be back more but like my family I try to get my family to like I'm like why don't you just come to California there's more yeah. stuff to do yeah. because yeah it's, <laughs> it's warmer and we can actually like you know do fun things because like here like there are things to do but it's a lot like I mostly just end up sitting around my parents house just like watching TV and stuff like that which you know it's fine I'm glad I get to spend time with them but that's why I have to like I'm like, I always want to do shows each night because I'm like, I need somewhere to go so I can, first of all, make this trip worthwhile so I don't lose money. But second of all, just so I don't go crazy just sitting in a house for like five days. Yeah. I mean, do you still like, because I noticed like you were on, because you were on uh, Mike Moran and with Mickey Coachella yesterday, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you do you have do you like know these guys or do they just know you're from Baltimore and hit you up? Mike was on the soundstage show that I did um, because Craig Gas was doing promo on Mickey's radio show. Met Mike, invited Mike to come to a guest spot on the show. So then he, when I I hit him up when I was when I knew I was going to come back here around this time because my brother came in uh, to town as well. My sister lives in Virginia, so we're all kind of just doing like a family thing this week instead of Christmas. Uh, we, we didn't do Christmas because I was away for Thanksgiving and I had to stay home during Christmas to watch my dogs while my girlfriend went away. So I was, uh, this was the better time to do it. And then so I met those guys and then Mike invited me, set up the auto bar show, invited me onto him and Mickey's show yesterday. Um, I'd never met Mickey before. I mean, I know he's like a local legend mm-hmm. around here and that was really just, it was great, you know, getting to meet and hang out with those guys. Because there was another thing you were talking about, uh, like uh, names of like, you said uh, there was a black girl you knew named Unique. Unique, yes. Unique. Unique. And I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if he's talking about, because there's a guy around here, Ivan, whose girlfriend is named that too. Oh, is it really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was that's, like, not, that's not where that came from. That like, literally maybe, came from after a show of meeting, of meeting a girl named Unique, the Y-O-U-N-E-E-K. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's my joke about is the spelling of her name is the exact definition of her name. <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, what's the thing in so so you're doing you came here to Baltimore and you did what two shows? Yeah, well, just Auto Bar last night, and I'm doing the, uh, DC tonight. I'm, I'm headlining the Beer Baron um, in uh, there, and that'll be John Yeager is the guy who produced that show. Uh, and then so I'm, I'm I've never actually met John Yeager. We've talked on the phone before when we were trying to set up this gig, um, and so he got me this one and. Yeah, I've actually never done a show in D.C. proper uh, oh. since I've been a comedian. So I've done, like, Frederick, and I've done Maryland, but I've never actually done D.C. So. And which venue?
menu is this? Called? The Beer Baron. The Beer Baron. Yep. And then I don't you're know going anything up about to it. New York after that, right? Yeah, and then I'll be in New York from Sunday to just uh, I leave Wednesday morning. I just want to while I'm already here, it's really easy for me to go to New York and just do a bunch of spots. Like the first night I'm there, I'm doing like four shows, and then uh, and I'm also doing a couple podcast things, a couple things where I'm like filming um, some stand up for like a magazine. Um, so it kind of just worked out that. I can do all these other spots while I'm there. And I mean, I just, I love New York for five days at a time. Uh, so three days is a really good amount for me to be there to be like, yeah. oh, this is great. I'm having so much fun. I'm eating all this pizza. Get me the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> uh, so it's just enough time. And I, I have a lot of friends in New York. I know a ton of comics there. The shows are great. So it's really nice to be able to just go there and bang out like 10 spots in three days and then just go back and just feel like you really just did it. Yeah, it's easier to get to New York from here than it is from LA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, dude, I'm so Might close. Well, like, yeah. I mean, the Megabus, like, 25 bucks, and, yeah, you know, man. you're there. You're there. Like, it's so cheap and so easy, and it just seemed it just seemed crazy if I didn't go. Like, I was last there in March, and I always have such a good time there that, I, you know, I love just walking around that city. And are you headlining these rooms? In New York, no. New I was York. About to say, I was like, what kind of following do you have when you come to any no, given city? No, New York is all like showcase shows. Like, so it's all just like there's like you know anywhere from four to seven comics on the show, and we're all just doing like eight to twelve minutes, like just bam, 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 bam. Like these shows in here, I get to headline. Like last night, I did an hour. Tonight, I think I'm doing like thirty to. 40 i think so and who uh, was the primary audience of the people like like let's say the auto bar show that you um a lot of people like to just go to the comedy show anyway for like that know the show because they've been doing it for like 16 or 18 months Mm -hmm. um they've kind of got a reputation of like throwing good shows there um a lot of my family and their friends were there last night a bunch of friends that i grew up with that i just don't ever get to see unless i come back home they're always excited to see me come back and do this um so just a mix of you know people from my world and then just Baltimore comedy fans. But it works out really well. I mean, it was really... I grew up going to the auto bar. Like, I've seen At the Drive-In there and Ted Leo and the Pharmacist and Atmosphere and Sage Francis, and I was like, now me. This is <laughs> yeah. this is rad, you know? That it's awesome. When you grow up going to a venue and all of a sudden you're, like, you're the, your name's on it. When I was, I was peeing in the urinal and my face was above the urinal. <laughs> like, it's one of those feelings of, like, this feels right. This is yeah. good. Well, uh... So do you know the next time you're coming back to Baltimore? No, I'm trying um, sometime in the next year. I think I'll probably come back and like feature a weekend at one of the clubs or something like that. Um, But just to like be here for like two or three days. But other than that, uh, I don't really know. I don't I the weird thing about like where I am in stand up, like a lot of comedians, when you're like further along than I am, they know their next six months where they're going to be every single weekend. and It's all planned out. And I'm not quite far enough along for it to be like that. So for me, it's more so just like I'll plan a tour like three or four months in advance and just be like, all right, here's where I'm going to go for a week. Um, Cause I don't do a ton of like uh, weekends at clubs. Like I do them in like San Diego and Arizona and things like that, but I'm not like, I, you know, I don't have the pull, the draw to be able to just like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to go to Detroit, do a weekend, sell out all five shows. Then I'll just yeah. jet back. Like I don't have that pull yet. So hopefully in a few years I will. But where I, you know, I'm in a, I, I feel like I'm in a very good place for where I am now. I'm in a very happy place, which I think is the most important thing. Because oh, yeah, yeah. I spend a lot of time going like, why don't I, why don't I have this? Why aren't I further? And that just doesn't do anything for anybody. Mm-hmm. And I just need to keep 
making cool things and writing good jokes and performing as much as I can and gaining a following uh, until I have enough people know and notoriety where I can do that stuff. But comedy is your full time income at this point. No, uh, I could live off of it, but I work a day job, so I don't have to live off of it. Where do you work? Uh, I work at Universal Studios. Oh, I, yeah. I've since I longer than I've been doing comedy now. So I've I've worked there uh, nine years. Uh, what so do you I, do? I sell tickets into the park. Nice. Yep, easy I've, enough, dude. I, I never work past four. I have health insurance. They let me travel whenever I need to because they my managers respect what I do. They didn't used to understand it, and then one day they saw me on TV and were like, "Oh, this is like real, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you." And they're like, "Is there anything we can do?" I was like, "Yeah, when I tell you I can't be here, I can't be here. I'm not just fucking around. Like I'm watching. I'm, I'm doing stuff." And they're like, and they were kind of like, "Okay, cool. We'll start working with you as much as we can," which was great for them. They didn't have to do that. They don't do that for everybody. But I'm very good at my job. Like you know, we have to like upsell and stuff like that. And like I'm very good at it because I'm good at talking to people. And so because of that, like I could survive off of comedy. But I would literally be surviving. I would have no money. And as we've talked about, I like doing things. I like going to festivals. I like traveling. I need to have money so I'm not scared all the time. So like, if my car breaks down, I don't go like, what do I do? If my car breaks down, I have the money to get it fixed. And because of that, all the money I make from comedy, for the most part, goes into a savings account that I don't really touch so that the day when I do have to quit Universal because I'm too busy but not making a lot of money yet, all that money is there as a safety net. So like... I'm doing it the way, the smart way, the safe way. I'm still jealous of my friends that don't work regular jobs, but a lot of them are very scared all the time because they have so little money. Or no insurance or like. Exactly. And I have all of those things. And I don't mind going to my job. I wish I didn't have to most of the time. I can't imagine it being a very stressful job. It's not stressful at all. Like you just. No. It's I make it fun. Tickets. It's like a game, and yeah. I enter and I entertain. People are going there to be excited and have fun for sure. So they're always going to be in a good mood. And I entertain all my coworkers. You know, like I'm very. I, I think I'd be super annoying to work with. Apparently, I'm fun. I think I'd be very annoying. <laughs> I always tell them I was like I would hate to work with me, and they're like, No, it's so fun because I like sing songs all day, and I'm just like a goofball. Like I literally have free range to do whatever the fuck I want there, as long as I'm not, you know mean to customers or cursing or anything like that so I have fun and then when I get out of there I'm super motivated to go do comedy because I'm like I gotta I gotta get out of here but health insurance is pretty good I, <laughs> I didn't have that for a long time and it's very nice to be able to be like oh yeah whatever happens I'll be okay <laughs> you know? this crick in my neck I should get you that <laughs> yeah seriously dollars cool <laughs> it's it's um it's it's nice and I really like I mean they've been really good to me I have I have nothing but good things to say about Universal Studios for the most part we've had our differences in the past but at this point my department <laughs> at least works with me very well to like you know they they think it's super cool what I do and they they, they like that I'm there and they'll I'll be there as long as I have to be God, the day I quit is going to be the greatest day of my entire I'm going to burn that motherfucking place to the ground. You heard it right here. I'm going to burn Universal. To- no. Uh, no, they've been, they've been, they've been. I'm not going to do the fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm like, out. Dude, we liked you. What's wrong? We were nice to you. You were so nice to the kids. Nah, yeah. They, uh, nah, they treat me pretty well. So I what's, can't. Complain. What's coming up on the acting horizon? You got anything? 
That stuff I never know because that stuff comes out of nowhere. You like, don't pursue it though. You're not like. I mean, I mean pursue it as job. much as I like. I don't pursue it much because I don't have. I don't actually have a manager or an agent. I have a commercial agent, so I do commercial auditions. But I don't have a theatrical agent to get me the TV stuff. And in when you're when you're already in the Screen Actors Guild, you can you can't get the really good jobs. Like I could go online and and submit myself for like you know, really small things, like shitty things here and there, but I can't get the really good stuff. So I'm just hitting stand up as hard as I can, knowing that the acting stuff will come back like when it does. Like it's always been the kind of thing where I've just been myself and worked as hard as I could and people notice me and then they're like, oh yeah, you should uh, go out for this. I got yeah. some, I got something for you, you know? And then all of a sudden I'm on Nick, a Nickelodeon show playing a karate instructor. Like you just <laughs> oh, like- really? What show? A hundred things to do before high school. If you know what that is, I'm going to be very concerned, uh, Jimmy. <laughs> Just very. Why are you watching this? Uh, but you know, so that stuff you never, you really never know. Like I could, I could go back next week and all of a sudden just be on a TV show that I didn't even know was a possibility. It comes so fast. It's never like, hey, in six months, we're going to be doing this thing. I think you're going to be right for it. So, Are you, you know, a recurring character on that show? No. Just, oh, I just did a one-off. But so I only had to watch one episode. Okay. I look pretty good in a gi. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Looked real good in a gi. Well, you got your album coming out March yeah. uh, 5th or 2nd? March 2nd. March 2nd. No, anniversary. I, I've really learned how to just like have fun with all of this and enjoy the ride and just not and just be patient. So much of that is just like you want all these things, but they're not going to come when you think they come. Like Mike Birbiglia has this quote where he said, you'll get everything you want seven years after you want it. So I'm seven like, years. That's what somebody I remember my friend Mike Chuck Beckman told me he was like, if you're going to pursue a music career, you got to give it seven years. They say once you've gone seven years and you haven't achieved something, then you got to give up. And I was like, all right, I don't agree with the last part of that. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, every, everyone will tell you in L.A., like acting, comedy, whatever, 10 years. And what I, I didn't used to understand that. I used to think it was like, oh, you just have to work for 10 years till you're good enough. And part of it is that you are good enough at that point to make these career things happen for you. But the bigger part of it is that you'll have this network of people that you've met over the years that all start having their own stuff. Yeah. That all start, like, everyone just starts using each other. Like, there's no, you know, these comics that have been in things for, that have been around for 20 years, there's a reason why they pop up on little guest stars on all these TV shows and why they tour and all that, because they all know each other. And that's that's the thing is at this point I know uh, like pretty much every comic in LA and they know me and so if something is right for me and they have a show where they're like oh like you know the Comedy Central show corporate they were like hey we got this guy he's addicted to drugs he's gonna hit somebody with their car Alex <laughs> We got it. Like you're the guy. They so they told me they're like we wrote this and we looked at each other. We were like Alex Hooper, right? And so those kind of things happen where you just have this network of people behind you that like what you do and support you and then it, things work out. And it's the same way the Pug Yoga calendar got to Ellen. It's not, it's because I worked hard and I finished something, but it's because people like me as a person and want me to succeed, which is a really, really good feeling. If people want you to succeed, you're going to succeed but as long as you don't like sabotage pugs. yourself. Yeah. And you know yeah. you're doing something right at least. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I, I say it's me. It's the pugs. My, <laughs> it's my beautiful adopted Korean pug that really steals the <laughs> show. Would they buy that calendar if there was not a pug posing with you yoga style? Oof. Uh, <laughs> probably not. Otherwise, it's just me shirtless in leggings all over LA and that's gross. Uh, uh, the pug really that would makes not have made it. it on Ellen. I'll give you that. People might have no. bought it though. 
Yeah, man, like six people. Six people. There's and like I wouldn't six, want to meet those people. Like, yeah, there's like six of my fans that are like, you know, like I would do that. <laughs> I, I had a I had a fan the other day reach out and say like I would love to send you a pair of leggings. Like uh, <laughs> I found this pair of leggings. That I just and they look. It was the really they have they were they were just they look like they're just naked hairy legs. And I was like, yes, please. Uh, <laughs> if you're serious, here's my address. I will totally take those because that is hilarious. Because I do I slackline a lot. It's like tightrope walking and I do it in the park and I'm always wearing leggings so if I was wearing leggings that looked like I was wearing nothing and it was yeah. just hairy legs do they wear leggings slacklining? I do that's a very like no guy who burn. attends festivals thing to do is slacklining that's where I picked it up I was at a festival <laughs> and I started trying it I was like on acid and I was like I think I could do this I think I'd be great and I couldn't do it at put all put that on YouTube but I got kind of obsessed with trying to do it and now I'm it's like my one of my favorite things I love it so much it's kind of like the tightrope but uh I mean, I can't imagine. I don't think I'd be able to do it. You could if you spent enough time doing it. It's just a practice thing. Nobody can do it right away. But if you practice it, you did be on acid help. Or was it a hindrance? No, it was a hindrance. I thought it would help. I was just like, I'm in tune with my body and myself. Uh, here we go, everybody. But there's also, I'm around thousands of people. There's music blasting. I've never done this before. It is, it's a skill that your muscles and your brain have to kind of learn together. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. I imagine that'd be a very sobering experience to like expect. Like, I'm going to be fucking great at, at slackline. And then you just realize you're just fucking high. Again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I, thought was that, I thought I was awoken spiritually, and now I'm just oh shit. I'm actually just yeah. Fine. It was a, it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty bizarre experience, but it, you know it at least opened the floodgate enough for me to be like, I want to be able to do this. Like I really want to do this. It's fun, and 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 it always draws a crowd, dude. I remember at Towson U, they had this area called the beach, but it was really just like a central like plot of grass in the middle of campus, and like all the like really annoying dudes what i consider to be annoying oh yeah no my brother says when he found out i was slackline he goes only the dirtiest hippies do that yeah <laughs> i was like well i don't know <laughs> i mean it, it looked cool but i just remember watching and being like oh my god dude. yeah Jesus that's Christ. there's we we get a we get a lot of that we get a lot of, we get a lot of people that are like wow that's amazing and other people are just like Ugh, like whatever. i don't doubt that they got a lot of ass i don't doubt that at all that's probably why i was like dude come on bro yeah, dude, fucking jumping on that rope. Yeah, it's dude. a mental. It's it's it's, it's a it's 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 a beautiful mental thing though, because like you just kind of it's like meditation, but you're like physically working your entire body. It's I've really come to enjoy it. Just the just the freedom of just like I'm gonna put headphones on, get on my line, and just go back and forth until I can't anymore. Do you oh, yeah. just have a slack line set up at your house? I have one in my car, uh, in the what? trunk of my car oh, at all okay. times. Thought, yeah, no, <laughs> from the front seat to the back seat, I just tie it around wow, the steering wheel. Uh, no, I have one in my trunk, so like if I'm ever, like when I'm on the road or when I'm like, I just go to a park and I just yeah. find trees that will work for it and then just get on. And then I try to do it like a couple times a week. It's okay. just, you know, that's my workout. Cool, dude. I, I just, I know you have a time constriction, so I was just going to like... I mean, do you have anything you want to what, plug? What time is it? It is 2.25. Oh, yeah. We're about that time. Uh, I mean, we've plugged pretty much everything. That I mean, there's PugYogaCalendar.com. There's my album on March 2nd, Hugs, Drugs, Pugs, available through A Special Thing Records. CraveComedy.com. If you're in L.A., our next show is February 17th at Union Nightclub. You're probably not there, but uh, Crave is dope anyway, and... Uh, God, I think that's about what I want. And watch Corporate on Comedy Central because that's my friend's new show. It premiered last night. It's super dark and very funny and unlike anything that's on TV. So watch that. And um, just be a happy, pleasant person to be around. Be Stay rad. <laughs> stay rad. Uh, what do you got coming up, Eric? 
Uh, I don't know. Just uh, check us out on iTunes, Laughable, all that stuff. Uh, LFTS podcast across the board. At Eric Glazer across the board if you want to find me. Um, other than that, nothing. Yeah, at Jimmy Seleski <laughs> with a Y for both, I guess. Never told anybody J I M M I. But uh, yeah, LFTS podcast and everything. Until uh, next week. Peace. Actually, I meant uh, actually till like later tonight, I guess. Yeah, this is a double header tonight. <laughs> <laughs> See you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, did you know Drew Landry? Drew Landry? I don't think so. Oh, he's yeah, dancing down the street. Was he? Oh, really? He started really young. Never knew, boy, that you meet. 